0: Disappointing disappointed in our performance tonight. Uh, we did enough to win, uh, but that's all. Um, it was really junior varsity, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and it was in all three phases.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Extra Yard with Augustina Breastar. I'm Augustina. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have to say that every time, but here we are. <laughs> and this week's guest is a second-time guest now, who I said probably wouldn't get the opportunity to come back. Um, but he's here anyways <laughs> without so i guess this is josh joshua meyer hello
0: hello how's it going
1: <laughs> going well doing fine all the things um josh is a student and basketball player at southern oregon university uh, but a lifelong seattle fan <laughs> and lebron lover so absolutely there's that Um, We're recording this in the morning, and I know Josh isn't necessarily a morning person, so how are you holding up?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. (laughs)
1: Um, So the last time you were on the podcast, we tried to have two guests, of course, you and Peyton Glasser. Shout out Glasser if he's listening. Um, (laughs) You can be on next week.
0: (laughs) I was actually on FaceTime with Glasser last night and uh, informed him that I was the uh, guest this week, and he was a little jealous.
1: Okay, well, we'll make sure we get him on the show soon. Uh, But yes, so here we are. It's already December. Thanksgiving happened last week, week 13, which means there's really only a month-ish left of the NFL regular season. And up until this point, there hasn't been any NFL cancellations due to COVID-19, which is surprising, to say the least, especially considering all of the schedule changes they have to make, I guess, to accommodate for everything. So I guess I just want to start by talking about some of the updates we have with that, some of the things we witnessed this past week because of that, and then we'll just move on and get into some actual football talk. Well, I guess that's Yeah. That's. Not.
0: That's great news.
1: But, okay. Anyway, so I guess we saw that the Baltimore and Pittsburgh game was postponed. Originally, it was postponed until – well, they just changed it until Sunday because it was supposed to be on Thanksgiving, and then they changed it until Tuesday and then Wednesday, and it finally happened. Um, but because of that, there were some other schedule changes. So now we have Tuesday games and – Is there two Monday games next week? Um, I should know this. There is. I don't know. I don't think so. No, there is. So there's two Monday games. We have Washington and Pittsburgh, and then Buffalo and San Francisco, and then on Tuesday we have Dallas and Baltimore.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's fun. Although, you know, with all these schedule changes, I kind of like have been forgetting the day of the week. So without football on last night, I was just lost. Like, it did not feel like a Thursday to me. And then, of course, we had that Wednesday game. And that was, yes, Wednesday it did not feel like Wednesday. And then,
0: Yeah, a lunch break game. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: um, but then it got me thinking. Like, I would definitely be okay with the NFL making it to where there was, like, one game a week. So, like, one game Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then – Maybe no game Saturday just because college football. And then Sunday, fitting all of them except for, like, that Monday night and Sunday night game. But
0: Yeah, there's just <laughs> no way that would work because <laughs> a team that plays Monday would have to play the, play a team that plays Friday the next week, and one team gets 12 days of rest in one game. Okay.
1: Well, one this team is, gets, like, three. This is what the NFL schedulers get paid to do. They would have to figure <laughs> that
0: out. For my
1: entertainment purposes. And I was thinking just specifically as, you know, coming from a journalist perspective or like an analyst perspective, it would make my life so much easier. You know, instead of having to watch five games at a time on Sunday, I could just watch them like once at a time throughout the
0: week. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's what the NFLPA is most concerned about.
1: Yeah, exactly. My (laughs) (laughs) – how easy it is for me to watch football games.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, You should send them an email.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll do that after this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But really, so we had all these schedule changes, and I think it's shown how determined the NFL is to get all of these games in and to make it happen. You know, a couple weeks ago we saw that, you know, should there be – a t- multiple cancellations of games due to COVID, then they would just expand the playoffs. And I was not okay. I did not like that idea at all. I think, you know, you go into the season saying that you need to earn this one seed to be, to earn a buy, right? And then to say, actually, you're not going to have a buy because we're going to just expand the playoffs. I, Yeah, was very against that. So I'm very happy that the NFL is trying to get all these games in. However, that does come at a cost, right? So we saw that some players in Pittsburgh were extremely upset because their game wasn't going to happen on Thanksgiving. Come to find out, you know, there are multiple players that played on Wednesday that would not have been able to play on Thanksgiving. And, you know, they made some big plays. So, you know... Pros and cons, of course. I think one game I want to just talk about really quickly before we move on and stop talking about COVID is that (laughs) the Denver game where they didn't have any quarterbacks, right? So we see a wide receiver from the practice squad come up and he plays quarterback for the whole game. And, you know, I think. One, we need to just give a little shout out to him because I think he showed us that it's not that easy to just jump into an NFL oh, game when you have absolutely not no experience whatsoever. But then it does bring up concerns of like, you know, okay, so he completed one pass for 13 yards. Um, yeah. And I think what was Kendall? Kendall Hinton? Kendall right? Hinton, yeah. Yes. Shout out to him.
0: Shout out to him. I actually
1: had no idea who he was before. So, oh, I don't
0: think anybody that even followed the NFL did really.
1: Jones, yeah. Um, wait, what is that sound coming from? Weird. Okay. Um, so <laughs> there's that. And then I guess my concern was this kid's safety, right? Like <laughs>
0: Yeah, did you see some of those hits he was taking from, like, a defensive lineman? Mm -hmm. It was insane. He would roll out and then just get – like, they would just push him, but he would, like, do a full somersault backwards just from the impact.
1: mm -hmm. And it's just, like, at what point, you know, should the NFL had postponed this game – not necessarily canceled it but you know we saw all the scheduling changes they made for Baltimore and Pittsburgh is that something they should have done for Denver and New Orleans because come Monday we found out that all three quarterbacks had tested negative right so
0: yeah it's a tough position that the NFL's in but i was listening to listening to Scott Van Pelt and Adam Schefter talk on SportsCenter mm-hmm. and Schefter was talking about the NFL's main goal with the virus is to Make sure it's controlled. And then when it's controlled, no matter the circumstances, play the game. Right. So that was the reasoning behind the Denver game playing mm-hmm. and Kendall Hinton having to start rather than postponing because they felt like, I mean, Baltimore had the biggest outbreak of the NFL season so far. So they felt like they needed to make sure that was under control. And it took what? Five days to sit from thursday or earlier than thursday thanksgiving to push back almost a full week to the wednesday afternoon game Mm -hmm. but um for the denver game specifically they what i heard obviously i'm not an insider or anything but they felt that the virus was super controlled even though that there was close contact with all the quarterbacks and stuff like that and they were like well we're gonna play this game because like you said earlier they're trying to no cancellations, play games, no matter what. Um, So, yeah, I think that's that's why they played the uh, Denver game, Mm -hmm. even with the quarterback circumstances.
1: It's interesting to me, though, because there was news that came out that on the flight, Baltimore found out that two more players had tested positive, but there was no concern for further spread. And those two things don't – Really? I guess mesh well in my brain. (laughs) Uh, You know, you're told that this person tested positive. The player practiced with the team the previous two days, but they weren't concerned about about spreading the virus. And
0: And that player was on the flight to the game. No. So maybe that's why they weren't concerned?
1: Yeah. Ultimately, it's messy, and NFL NFL's doing, so far, a good job. I think the one thing we haven't seen up until this point, is, like, cross-contamination. Contamin- cross I'm going to use that <laughs> phrase. Um, but, you know, we haven't seen a team give it to another team on game day. Yeah. Up until this point. Yeah, that, that's
0: true.
1: That's something to applaud, I guess. Um
0: Knock on wood and shout out to Seahawks for not having a single positive test.
1: Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> actually going to bring that up in the pod this week because – I am a firm believer in jinxes. So.
0: I just knocked our wood, so it's going to be totally okay. <laughs>
1: um, let's move on. I'm done talking about COVID. I think a lot of us are tired of talking about COVID, but I guess that's our reality, and it's something that we're going to have to talk about, and it's something that's going to be brought up multiple times, and it's something that's going to affect the league. And you know what? As a fan, I'm just happy it's even happening. So I agreed. Um, I just want to start by recapping some of the Thanksgiving games quick. And we don't even have to technically talk about the games because there are other headlines, I think, within some of these teams that I think need to be talked about. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to just talk about some other games. And yeah, it's going to be very fun. So let's just recap those two Thanksgiving games. Of course, there were supposed to be three, but we only got two. Um, First, we saw Houston and Detroit. (laughs) right um this game was i don't know it was fine this game showed
0: that deshaun watson is really really good and was a lot better than every other player on the field that day
1: yeah i think last week when preston and i previewed this game i had said that deshaun watson is like the mvp of bad teams you know if yeah you know if houston was good Deshaun Watson would be in the MVP conversation, and I think he's always going to have that level of play, right, where it really just depends on if Houston has a good year, Deshaun Watson's going to be in the MVP conversation, and if they have a bad year, he's not going to be, and that's what we're seeing this year. Yeah, I agree. There we go. Houston has Deshaun Watson, and probably that's like the only thing going for them (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) So – I yeah, it, would be it just
0: keeps getting worse for him too. They trade DeAndre Hopkins, his Will Fuller, his deep threat just gets suspended due to a uh, substance did. that the NFL has banned. Um, the best defensive player, Roby Coleman, also was, which doesn't necessarily hurt Deshaun's stats, but it hurts his hurts his team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I kind of want him out, but I mean, I don't know. He 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 Houston's a good fit for him I feel but
1: yeah I don't I don't ever s- yes I mean Sean's in Houston for a long time <laughs> it's just a matter of what they put around to Sean to make him better including a head coach which of course that position is available during this off-season. yes so another position that's available during the offseason is going to be Detroit's um what two days after their game we saw matt patricia and bob quinn get fired happy thanksgiving you're fired yeah for Um, real no so daryl bevel is gonna take over but i guess just a couple quick questions and then we don't have to talk about either of these teams any longer
0: (laughs) it's so fun to talk about (laughs)
1: um okay it's bevel season um yeah what are some things we think that he can do for this offense to make them not suck. And I'm going to use the word suck because two weeks ago we saw them score zero points and then this previous week was not impressed at all again. So what do we think Bevel does to make this team better?
0: Uh, that's so tough. I I don't know if the Lions are going to get much better. Um, Darrell Bevel is the offensive guru, correct?
1: hmm
0: Yeah, so I mean – DeAndre Swift, their best running back, was out. And I think he's returning this week, but he had a concussion. And Adrian Peterson was – I saw a quote that said Adrian Peterson was talking about how his energy has just been down since the concussion. So that's never a good sign. I mean, Kenny Galladay's out, who might be a little fantasy biased, but I think he's the best wide receiver. And I don't think many people would argue with that. I'm going to argue with
1: that. I'm going to argue with that. I think Kenny Galladay is – Wait, are you saying like their best wide receiver or the best wide receiver like in the league?
0: No, they're the only the one. Good, 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 good.
1: I was gonna say I'll argue with that.
0: (laughs) Come on now. Come on now. (laughs) Keep going. Um so I mean they're fourth in their division. All three teams I think in playoffs, so I'm sure they have at least two conf or NFC North games left, which I would assume would both be losses. Um, I don't know how much Daryl Bevel can help for this season, but who knows maybe he's got maybe this is his shot as a head coach and next year can be better because they do have some potential and I know um, one of the questions you was you were thinking about asking is if Matt Stafford was for the future or not and I I uh, don't think
1: that he's for the future. Yeah, I um, I think one of the things Bevel needs to do to, you know, make this offense more exciting to watch this next month-ish is to stop running the freaking ball as much as they do. Um, we already know how I feel about running the ball in general. But Detroit, one of the things they did, they ran the ball so much and they're just terrible at it. You know, like PFF has them ranked thirty first in their run game, which is just, you know, what if you're not good at it, don't do it as much. And that yeah. they ran the ball a ton. Um, regarding Matt Stafford, I think it really depends. Um, but I, I see so, and I'm a Matt Stafford probably like Stan. Like I'm a Matt Stafford apologist. <laughs> And I, I do think he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. You know, we've seen it. It's just a matter of he needs the coach that's going to get him there. So I guess it depends on probably who the coach is going to be. But, yeah, I think yeah. Detroit do you,
0: do you is – Do you know if Daryl Bevel is, was calling the plays even when Matt Patricia was the head coach? He wasn't? Mm-mm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean – Can't get much worse, right? So hopefully Darryl Bubba will help Matt Stafford.
1: Yeah, but I guess we'll see in the next month-ish or so.
0: Also, shout-out Adrian Peterson. I had no idea you could be this long in the NFL, and it's so rare. And he's still scoring touchdowns. (laughs)
1: He's still scoring touchdowns. Um, So let's move on to the next game from Thanksgiving. That was Washington and Dallas. This was... A, pretty fun game to watch. Um, <laughs> I chose doubt, Dal- or oh, yes, I chose Dallas to win this game, but I wanted to choose Washington, and I'm really happy Washington won and like half proved me right because <laughs> I wasn't completely confident to take them, but I was confident enough to know that it was gonna be a good game, and they were gonna compete, and that's exactly what they did. I think two weeks ago we saw Dallas. they looked like a competent football team. Really, it was just a fluke. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The past three-ish weeks, I'd say we've seen Washington look like a competent football team, and it wasn't a fluke. And I think one of the things that I noticed specifically while I was watching this game was how creative their offense is. You know, there were plays where, (laughs) I mean, Dallas's defense was clearly tricked, um, but I, at this point, I think that defense is just a mess, and it would not be hard to trick them. Um, but even me watching, I was just like, "Wait, who has the ball right now?" And that's something that's very exciting to watch. You know, I think they are doing a great job. Scott Turner's offensive scheme has just done wonders for this team. And at the beginning, what was it like, five, six, seven weeks ago when they benched Dwayne Haskins for Kyle Allen? I was extremely argumentative toward that um, just because I do not think Kyle Allen is better than Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, now that they have Alex Smith, I didn't really know Alex Smith was an option. It makes a little bit more sense to me, um, but I'm still confused by the timing about that. Anyways.
0: Yeah. Brings me to my what? Sorry, what? No, Go. Game by game, uh, Alex Smith is just looking better and better, like at coming back from his injury. First game, he was super. I just noticed that he would dump it down to the running backs a lot and not even really look at like McLaurin and stuff downfield. Um, but now he's looking more comfortable in the pocket. And like you said, I mean, they're they're running reverses and uh, end arounds and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the game of the year this year was super fun to watch. Like you said.
1: Yeah. I actually joked with everyone that – well, after we saw the Pittsburgh and Baltimore game was going to be canceled or postponed, I should say, um, I told everyone that Washington and Dallas was going to be the game of the year. And you know what? We just needed to suck it up and watch two NFC East teams. And it was fine. It wasn't terrible. It was a fine football game to watch.
0: Um, Yeah, it was.
1: But I guess we're going to talk about this later, actually, so we're not going to talk about it right now. Okay. But what do you see in this Washington? It feels weird that the Washington football team is kind of – I wouldn't say they're like a good football team, but just the fact that they – you know, they're more enjoyable to watch than we've ever seen them in the past. And that feels good. It's a story. Washington is a story, you know, with Alex Smith and then Ron Rivera. It's a story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't – shoot. They might be the best team in the NFC East. I mean, I I kind of like the Giants, but now that Daniel Jones is hurt, uh, the – Washington football team is definitely fun to watch, for sure. Just imagine them with a quarterback like Deshaun.
1: (laughs) Imagine that. I guess I kind of wonder what they're going to do about that whole quarterback situation, though. You know, do they just keep Alex Smith? Do they draft a quarterback? You can't really trade Dwayne Haskins. You're not going to get anything for him. Yeah. Very, very interesting situation they have going on there.
0: I mean, besides – Besides quarterbacks, the team is pretty solid all around, I would say. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are both young and good running backs. Terry McLaurin's really good, really underrated, I think. Not, I mean, most people know about him, but even that still may be a little underrated. Obviously, their defensive line is top four or five in the NFL. I don't know too much about their secondary, but I mean – that's three of five to six aspects that makes a football team really good and they got it. So
1: So let's move on from Thursday, Thanksgiving, only two games. Kind of felt weird to not have a Thursday night game on during Thanksgiving, but it is what it is. Um, So let's move on to Sunday. We had a matchup that I was really looking forward to, and I honestly didn't even realize we had until I recorded the pod for last week. And I was like, wait, what the heck? Kansas City and Tampa Bay play this week? Um, so let's just talk about this game a little bit. And specifically, I want to talk about that offense, which no other sports show is talking about at all, that offense and Tom Brady. Of um, course. Yes, but so let's talk about that a little bit. What are some things that you saw in this game, that I guess make you feel we're gonna flip it. That make you feel hopeful about Tom Brady and the Bucks.
0: Oh wow! Um, Ronald Jones coming out the backfield. He looks super good when he has the ball in his hands. I know he drops pass, passes out of the backfield a lot, so maybe you have to continue to run a little bit more. I know you love that idea. Um. I, that's about it from specifically from Sunday's game, I would say. I mean, Brady didn't look good. Mike Evans had a few good, nice catches. Wasn't really looking at Godwin very much. Most of their offense was initiated by uh, Ronald Jones, I would say, with that hurdle down the sideline that scored a touchdown. Um, So that's the positive I see. What about you? What do you think?
1: So I think one thing, and maybe it's kind of like a positive, but not really, but I'm going to make it positive, (coughs) is that Brady is going to make the play when he is protected. I think that is a positive for this Bucs team, is that you know your quarterback can make a big play if you need him to, if he's protected. Unfortunately, we didn't really see that in this game. And this is a thought that I've brought up on the pod before. It's not new. I think every week we see that. Um, We see, you know, when Brady's protection is great, he plays very well. And when it's not, he does not play very well. And especially with, you know, Bruce Arian's offensive scheme of like, we're going to take those deep shots and we're going to throw the ball and running back who, (laughs) you know, like it seems like that's, his offensive scheme and it has been for what the past 15 years so this is not new you know when they got Tom Brady it was how is Brady going to fit that scheme and at some point is Bruce Arian's going to give a little bit to make it work for Tom Brady or is Tom Brady going to just have to adjust and up until this point it's been Tom Brady's going to have to adjust and honestly he's not doing it very well. I don't want to play the blame game. I don't think it's Tom Brady's fault. I don't think it's Bruce Arians fault. I think this offense, like there are some things that I see in it that are just very obvious that should be adjusted and addressed. But even if they're addressed, I don't think it fixes all of their problems. Right. So one of the things I noticed, which you kind of brought up with their run game is their lack of play action. (laughs) Right? So Tom Brady is second in the league in yards per pass when they run it. and so there's play action involved, he's fine, but they never run it. In fact, only two teams in the NFL run the ball less than the Bucks do. Really? Um, and then, yeah. And then head-to-head, Mahomes, like just in this game specifically, ran play action 17 times, whereas Brady ran at five. So it's like, if you see these things, it's very obvious to me as a viewer, as a coach, I'm assuming you understand it as well. Why would you not change that, right? Or not increase it? Um, so there's that. And also, yes, my Twitter bio says play action enthusiast. And that's because I am. It works. <laughs> so people should do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you said you wouldn't play the blame game, but I'll play the blame game. I mean, when has uh, Bruce Arians had a legit great offense?
1: Um, James if, Winston.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, he threw a lot of touchdowns, also threw a lot of picks.
1: Yeah, record I, I setting. I, that's history in the books right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I, knew, I know you love hearing this, but I think you got to run the ball. Straight up that's, a, that's the main solution because like you said, linebackers start coming up on play action pass. Um, they keep their eyes in the backfield a little bit longer because they don't know who has the ball, the running back or the quarterback. And I mean, we know running routes and getting open takes one to two seconds max. So if you catch the li- linebackers eyes in the backfield too long, or even if you run for four or five yards on the first down, that makes the linebackers commit to the run take two steps the wrong way. And like you said, play action enthusiast. That's when you take a deep shot or find someone across the middle for 15 and 20 yards.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I feel like you would be the head coach in the NFL. That's like, okay, 50 ball carries 50 passes the end half and half. Mm, no,
0: <laughs> no, no. Let Russ cook, baby. Let Russ cook.
1: Um, another thing that I think we're seeing a lack of in this Bucks offense is motion, right? Like, the lack of pre-snap motion. It's just – it's so obvious to me that it's not there, and it's also obvious to me that it works when they do it. <laughs> um, I think we can look back on Brady's time in New England, like the past three seasons, 36-12, and 12, made two Super Bowls, you know, and – They used motion a lot. And I don't know why Bruce Arians isn't doing that. You know, his passer rating is 25.24, technically, points higher when they do it. He's pressured less. He's hit less. He's sacked less. Yet the Bucks are 15th in pre-snap motion usage. Also, my roommate's making coffee, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. But I don't know what... What do you think about that?
0: No, oh, I mean, it just goes back to Bruce Arians. Like I said, I I don't think he's a great head coach. Mm. He's got a great mind. He had some of the plays that, I mean, we all see some of the plays that he runs and where they get a big gain, but it's just so rare. And it's not necessarily rare. Like it happens probably more often than a lot of other teams, but also the counter to that is when it doesn't work or the plays leading up to that play where it's just either like an incompletion downfield or a dump down, which is fine. Like a check down is not a bad play. It's just, it's he just seems so one dimensional. Like you said, plus with running backs, like Ronald Jones, who's starting to prove to be a very explosive player with the ball in his hands. I mean, not many people can break out a 98 yard run. I would say followed by this hurdle this week that was one of the most impressive hurdles I've ever seen, to be honest, because he was right on the the sideline. Looked like he was going to be off balance. I think I thought he stepped out of bounds. I think most people thought he stepped out of bounds, and he just stayed and scored a touchdown. Um, And then Leonard Fournette as a backup is obviously not – I think he was over a 1,000 yards last year running, so it's not a bad number two if you even want to call him that. But both of those running back strengths aren't catching the ball out of the backfield. They're getting the ball. And running downhill. So just staying away from that, which, like, I mean, like you've been saying this entire time, that just opens up so much more of the offense, even if it's only five to eight more times a game.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think what I'm stuck on is I don't think Bruce Arians is a bad head coach. I think he would be a great head coach for different quarterbacks. You know, I think of quarterbacks that, can throw the ball well, and Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I think they would be fine playing in a Bruce Arians offense. I do. Granted, these quarterbacks, probably Patrick Mahomes would be the best, just considering that Rodgers and Russ have some sort of run game. not saying Mahomes doesn't, but I think those two teams' run games are better than Mahomes. I think Bruce Arians coaching a quarterback that can throw the ball like that are going, he would be fine. I think Bruce Arians is a head coach I would want to be. (laughs) So it's just the difference is that Brady is a million years old and he can't make those throws. Well, he can make those throws. We've seen him, but it takes a lot more uh, protection for him to be able to do that than the others.
0: I mean, I agree with you that those three quarterbacks would be fine in that kind of system, but what kind of – or what kind of system would those quarterbacks not be finding? Just they're the three best in the game, you know. Like I don't think that necessarily proves that. Bruce I think there's Ains others. I think there's
1: other quarterbacks, though. That granted are still good quarterbacks, but I think like Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. Those would yeah, also I don't agree with
0: that, but I I. That's okay though. We don't have to agree.
1: <laughs> um, but I think ultimately. The bucks they have been really exciting to watch um i don't like tom brady that's pretty well known (laughs) um but he has been very fun to watch with this team you know just because we didn't really know what to expect are they going to be a good football team or mediocre bad i don't know and slowly it's being revealed to us but each week we go into it not knowing you know like oh are they going to be able to compete with Kansas City kind of ish not really and then there's like that New Orleans game but then some weeks they look really good I just I never know what to expect from them so yeah
0: do do they have any like impressive good wins I mean Green Bay okay right right (laughs) yeah
1: so yes um I, I
0: mean I was just gonna say like Kind of like what you're saying, it's you don't really know what to expect from them. I don't think they're going to catch New Orleans for the division, so that probably means they're a wild card team. But they could definitely win a first round game. Um, they didn't get blown out by the Chiefs. I kind of, I think people watching knew the Chiefs were going to pull it out at the end the entire time, but they did battle for sure. I feel like their defense is pretty good. I know their front seven's pretty good. I don't know about their secondary. Um, so. Yeah, they're, it's not It's not a walk in the park when you play Tampa Bay, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, think, I don't think they're necessarily a contender.
1: Yeah. The thing with that defense is they're either really good and they show up or they're not. <laughs> like, there really isn't an in-between for them. <laughs> so, I don't know.
0: One of my top five favorite defensive players in the NFL is Devin White, though. So
1: no, That's fair. Very fair. Jeez. I'm looking yeah. at their other ones. They also beat um, Las Vegas, which I'm not sold on Las Vegas. Something people yeah. have been, but, I mean, that's another. So, I was
0: sold until this week. <laughs> yeah.
1: <They're, laughs> the Raiders' Super Bowl was actually in, like, October, if you're
0: wondering. <laughs> yeah, for real. When they beat the Chiefs.
1: <laughs> but, so there's that. I guess if you're going with that, you know, if the Raiders beat the Chiefs, and Tampa Bay beat the Raiders, <coughs> then like technically Tampa Bay beat the Chiefs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we could, yeah, I'm sure Jacksonville' is <laughs> better than the Chiefs if that's the case because we could go down the line and who Jacksonville beat the who did Jack, the first game they beat someone? The Colts, and I'm sure the Colts have lost to somebody that, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah,. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's just move on. To a game that should have happened on Thanksgiving. Did not happen on Thanksgiving. We already talked about that. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I, (laughs) the whole game kind of felt like a hot mess to me. It was, you know, it seemed like it made sense that this was a game that was rescheduled a lot. And, you know, multiple players missing due to COVID and, you know, change of schedule. It was a mess from beginning to end, it felt like a mess. And <laughs> Pittsburgh now, I love to no. know. I posted something on, what was it? Instagram about how Juju was like my favorite part of this team who's, I don't think is actually that good. And I actually got a lot of messages about it saying that the Steelers are so underrated, that Tomlin's underrated, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to acknowledge that I do not at all think Mike Tomlin is underrated. I think what he has done as a head coach and what he is doing as a head coach is phenomenal. I think he's a very good coach. Now, I am going to say I think Big Ben is maybe overrated. I do not think Big Ben is that good. Um, And as a whole, I don't think this team, I'm not saying they're a bad team. You know, when I say Pittsburgh isn't good necessarily, it's just looking at the fact that they're undefeated. And for an undefeated team, I don't think they're that good. I think there are better teams in the NFL currently, you know, specifically the Chiefs. And at this point, I might argue the Saints. So when I say the Steelers are a, the worst 11-0 and team, that doesn't necessarily mean they're terrible. Like, they're going to lose in the playoffs the first game. It's – I see with my eyes right now that there are teams, team, maybe teams better than them right now, and that I think would beat them. So we're just going to talk about – just needed to add that in there just so people understood where I was coming from. But
0: – Yeah. I think –
1: At the beginning of this pod, which you didn't hear because I don't play it when I'm recording, is a soundbite from Mike Tomlin's post-game interview. Um, And, you know, he sounded upset with his team. So everyone judging my, like, hot take that I didn't think Pittsburgh looked good in that game, um, I think I'm right because Mike Tomlin agrees with me. So just going to leave it out there, you know, and he was a lot harsher toward his team. You know, he said he was disappointed in their performance, so they didn't do enough to win or they did enough to win, but really that's it. He even compared them to a junior varsity football team. (laughs) So, you know, I saw a lot of people saying Baltimore didn't look good during that game whatsoever. My expectations for Baltimore in that game were also not very high, right? Like Lamar Jackson out, so many players out. Their two running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, literally testing positive the day of the game, my expectations were extremely low. Therefore, my expectations of Pittsburgh were that they were going to be. Oh, also, I said tested positive, but I meant negative. Okay. Yeah. They played. (laughs) But therefore, like, I really was expecting that Pittsburgh would come out and dominate as they should have. And they didn't, they didn't do that. So,
0: yeah, this is a a, uh, topic that is rare when it comes to football that we agree on because we don't normally agree on a lot of NFL teams and topics, but I think you're spot on. Uh, I don't know who calls Mike Tomlin underrated because if people don't have him as a top five head coach in all the NFL, then I don't really know what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, calling Mike Tomlin underrated, I mean, yeah, if you think people think that he's not top five, but besides that, it's hard to call him underrated. And then, yeah, I, I disagree with you in that. Yeah, obviously, they're 11-0. They're a good team. Like, when when you said you they're not a good team, it's not like they're not – you're not acknowledging that they're 11-0. Like, yes, you understand they're 11-0, and they can beat some NFL teams, obviously. But I think you're thinking, which is the same mindset I have, is that, like, when you think of a good team, you're thinking, like, yeah, this team could win the Super Bowl. Not saying the Steelers couldn't win the Super Bowl, but the 11-0 and 0 doesn't show that they're the best team to win the Super Bowl this year. Like, I, I think there's about three or four teams um, that are more more set and more prepared and just a better team overall to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, So that's not saying the Steelers are bad. That's just saying that there's better teams. Right. Record doesn't show everything.
1: Right. So let's talk about that because, you know, we're at the point of the season where when there's an undefeated team, you ask yourself, could this team go undefeated the whole season or should they bench players? You know, I think that's something that we talk about a lot. I think Pittsburgh is not in a place where they can at all – Take their foot off the pedal. Right? I genuinely think Pittsburgh has to go undefeated to keep that one seed, which is crucial this season because it's the only seed with the bye. And, you know, we move on. Kansas City's only a game back.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say.
1: Kansas City seems to be playing great football. And other than that one loss to Vegas, which I will say I don't think the Raiders are like a great football team, but I think they play Kansas city very well. Oh yeah. They're ready for both those games. We saw them play Kansas city this year. They were ready. So that one loss, I I think Kansas city should be undefeated is basically what I'm saying. I think they are better than Pittsburgh and I definitely think Kansas city would win. (laughs) Should Pittsburgh and Kansas city have to play in the playoffs. So all that to say, Pittsburgh only one game ahead of Kansas City. I think that one game is crucial for Pittsburgh to get. I don't necessarily think it's crucial for Kansas City to get. Um, but I don't think Pittsburgh can win three games and then make it to the Super Bowl. I don't. I think there are teams in the AFC that could upset them. I mean, should they have to play Tennessee or Buffalo or Indianapolis? These are all teams that I think could upset the Steelers, upset in and the, that sense.
0: And uh, I just pulled up the Steelers' schedule, and they still play Buffalo and the Colts in the regular season.
1: Exactly. So, so the odds of them, if Pittsburgh is to go to undefeated, I would give them a golf club. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they still play those two teams in the regular season. So we're really going to see. Also, up until this point, Pittsburgh's schedule – really hasn't been too difficult.
0: Yeah, not at all.
1: They haven't proven much to me is basically what I'm saying, right? Like, they played who? Tennessee, that yeah, first game. Yeah, I think Tennessee
0: is the, Tennessee's the best team they've played.
1: And they won by a field goal, like a walk-off field goal <laughs> that came. Well,
0: I mean, I no, guess technically the Browns are – Off missed
1: field goal. That was off – it was going to be – it was supposed to be tied, right? But then – he missed the field oh, goal yeah. at the end. Yeah. Right. So that could have easily been an overtime win for Tennessee.
0: <laughs> Te- technically, they beat the uh, Browns, so they're eight and three. Which I don't know how they're eight and three. Kind of cracks me up, actually. Feels weird. Um,
1: but I mean, the first win against Baltimore. I think if they were able to beat Baltimore twice with their full roster, I might give them a little more credit. But the reality is they beat Baltimore the first time in a super close game. And then the second time they beat them in a super close game. And Baltimore doesn't have Lamar Jackson.
0: (laughs) Or RG3, who wasn't terrible in the beginning, I would say.
1: Right? So it's just like, it's very hard for me to rank. Like, if I were to rank my NFL teams right now, yeah, they'd be top five. They'd be top three, but they're not in the top two for me. And
0: Uh, I agree with you 100%.
1: That's that. So maybe that was too hot of a take for people, but I think <laughs> it's a very normal take is that Pittsburgh is a – for being 11-0, and 0, I don't think their record shows that they're a very good team. You know?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know exactly who's going to win the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. we can just tell you now the Steelers are not going to win the Super Bowl.
1: Um, but – Do do want to talk about how, you know, there was a key injury in this game. You know, we saw Bud Dupree go down. And, you know, he tore his ACL, meaning he's going to be out for the rest of the year. They now no longer have Devin Bush or Bud Dupree, which means that their defense, which was easily the strongest part of this team, is not as strong. And I guess if you're an offensive lineman lining up against this team, are you as scared of that defense anymore?
0: Mm, well, if you're an offensive lineman in the NFL, I don't think you're scared of very much. So I think they probably try to have the same mindset going into every game. But, no, yeah, there's no question that losing Bud Dupree hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass rush kind of from people that I know and that have made them 11-0 and kind of goes down to T.J. Watt, uh, which – It's a great passer to have. Don't get me wrong. I wish we had him as a Seahawks fan. But um, yeah, I mean, their defense is going to be good. That's what they've been leaning on all year. But it's every time you lose it, I I would say what? Bud Dupree's probably a top seven player on the Steelers, like overall, like importance to the team. So losing Bud Dupree losing a top seven player for any team in any circumstance is going to hurt a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, what this defense looks like. And I don't think their defense is going to look bad, right? I don't think you use these two players and, oh my goodness, it's terrible. I think they're going to be fine. It's just a matter of they're going to look different. And I don't think – Big Ben and that offense can outscore other teams in, you know, such as Buffalo or Kansas city or the Colts or Tennessee. So it's a matter of that defense has to be able to stop <laughs> other offenses In what feels like an offense driven league this season. It's going to be crucial that they can still perform as well as they have in the past.
0: Well. Yeah. Doesn't it, Doesn't it kind of feel like the Steelers' offense has slowed down a little bit? Like, kind of been figured out or scouted better? Um,
1: I guess for me, it doesn't necessarily feel like they've been figured out because I don't think there was a ton to figure out, (laughs) right? Um, Big Ben does pretty much the same thing every week, it feels like. You know, there's no deep ball whatsoever in his game. Really, they (laughs) – he throws it, he passes it to some of his wide receivers, and they make plays. So... I yeah,
0: if you're if you're me. a weekly listener, I was on the podcast with Peyton, as we stated earlier, and I was made an outrageous take saying that the Steelers' offense isn't that explosive. And I think Augustina kind of just mentioned what I was trying to get at, and that they don't throw the ball super deep downfield. But, I mean, their receiving core is proving to be... Legit, Juju might be their third best receiver. I'm biased to Deontay Johnson. I really like him. I think he's going to be really good. And Claypool is the only big play threat that they have. And I don't know. I don't really like Juju. He's. I don't think he's a number one. Okay. Well, he's
1: we don't really have to talk little, about that he's, right
0: now. He's, <laughs> he's a little too TikTok for me.
1: We don't have to talk about that right now. Although my favorite thing ever. was... Juju's post on Instagram, which was like, imagine getting stiff-armed like this by a TikToker. Yeah. <laughs> He's hilarious. Um, For those of you who don't know what TikTok is, it's like videos. I don't
0: know. <laughs> she doesn't even really know either.
1: <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't have TikTok either, so there's that. So
0: we, yeah, saw, just
1: another social media. we saw Mike Tomlin compare this Steelers team to a junior varsity team. And I want to move on to what feels like a junior varsity division. We're going to talk about the NFC East for a little bit. Sweet. Um, Mostly just want to talk about some of these, I guess, divisions that are super close. Um, Starting with the NFC East. Most of these divisions really only have two teams that are competing for that number one spot, but Um, This division has four, (laughs) and it's because they all suck. So let's talk about that. That is why. That is why. So we have the Giants, four and seven. Washington, four and seven. Philadelphia, three and seven. And then Dallas, three and eight. Which of these teams do you think is going to win? Oh,
0: gosh. Uh, If you would have asked me before Daniel Jones got hurt, I would have said the Giants. And now I'm leaning towards the Washington football team.
1: Yes, we love the Washington football team. The mascotless Washington football team. They're my favorite team. Yeah. They don't than, yeah,
0: wait. Their mascot is the football team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that doesn't get much better than that.
1: No, they're mascotless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than Seattle, I'm a big fan of the Washington football team. One, because who would have thought the Washington football team was going to win this division? Two, because in my team draft, I drafted them. So Let's go. It's funny because Jackson actually has three of the four teams. And <laughs> meaning, you know, he had pretty good odds to pick the winner of this division. And I really hope that I end up getting the winner. So that would be yeah. super um, I agree about Washington, though. I think the Giants have a really hard schedule compared. Yeah. Um, you know, they play Seattle, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Arizona.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, they might shut Daniel Jones for the, down for the year. I don't know. That might be jumping, up, jumping ahead a little bit, but he he looked hurt.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, without Dan, Danny Dimes. Boy baby. <laughs> without Danny Dimes, it's – yeah, I'm not super high on the Giants. Um, I think Philadelphia, after suffering that loss to Seattle – you know, they play New Orleans, Green Bay, and Arizona. Um, yeah. <laughs> their schedule is extremely hard coming up. And, three losses. Yeah. And then Dallas, we, I mean, technically they have the easiest schedule remaining out of those four teams, but <laughs> they're three. And America's and team will choke. Good. I don't think they're good. So that leaves yeah. us with the Washington football team, and that'll be fun. I really, you know, I don't think they'll do much in the playoffs. Um, But it's a story, as I said before, and it'll be interesting, I guess, to just see. I guess it doesn't really matter who wins this division because I think it's pretty irrelevant. I don't think any of these teams could upset one of those, you know, like a Kansas City team because that's ultimately who they're going to have to – no. They can't upset, like, anyone in the NFC probably.
0: Yeah, they're, probably, they're probably looking the at team. playing, like, the Rams – or, I mean, if the Rams pass the Seahawks for the NFC West, then they would play the Hawks or the Bucks. One of those three teams, I would guess, yeah. then we're the NFC uh, I think, East. Especially, especially with the no home field advantage, I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, that's cool. We don't really have to spend much time on them. Remember that whole podcast episode I, like, dedicated to talking about the NFC East?
0: Yeah, no, I'm kind of glad I wasn't on that one.
1: After that, yeah. I said I wasn't going to talk about the NFC East ever again, but here we are talking about them. So
0: It's just so entertaining to watch those games and see how they're going to blow it or like see how teams fall to win, like Washington this week.
1: Yeah, see, it's fun because we know they suck, but it, it's just like seeing who's the better of the worst teams, and it's going to exactly. be competitive because they're all really bad.
0: So. Plus, I mean, when playoffs start, I'm sure you won't be talking about – any of the teams not in the playoffs on your podcast?
1: Oh, no. I'm going to find ways to talk about all those teams.
0: <laughs> Great idea. You'll get more <laughs> listeners, I promise.
1: Um, so let's move on. We'll just talk about the opposite. <laughs> we'll talk about the AFC East. Um, something that I think is kind of interesting, you know, because I have two teams listed. I have Buffalo and Miami. Notice how that doesn't include the Patriots. I just simply have not included them. I don't think they can win this division at this point. Um, but interestingly enough, Miami's in there. So. Yeah. Um, I think So I
0: do, I do have to ask, do you think the Miami offense is better with Tua or if it's Patrick?
1: Ah, uh, Tua. Um, I think Tua is a yeah, no, I think Tua for sure. But yeah, Fantasy
0: wise, it's definitely Fitzpatrick.
1: Yeah, that's fine, but this is <laughs> this is the real world. I guess.
0: So yeah, I guess the they're world. trying to real win real football games, so it might be a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Um. So, what I think is interesting is that it's super close, right? Buffalo's eight and three, Miami's seven and four, and their strength of schedule are pretty like close. Buffalo's the fourth. And then Miami's fifth. So super close. You know, Buffalo has Pittsburgh and Miami left. And then Miami has Kansas City, Buffalo, and then the Raiders left, which I don't necessarily think the Raiders are that great. But so what we could see is this comes down to the last week where they play each other head-to-head for to see who wins. And that's going to be that very fun. That could be true. Take your pick. Who's winning the AFC East?
0: Uh, I'm rolling with Buffalo. Okay. I think the quarterback's the most position in the game, and Josh Allen has proven to be a really good quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I would probably also take Buffalo just because, you know, they already have that game ahead. I think Miami's going to lose to Kansas City. I think Buffalo is going to beat Pittsburgh, and I think ultimately Buffalo wins that division. So there's that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and
0: Miami's the type of team to just lose a game they shouldn't lose as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You hate to see it. We hate to see it. <laughs> um moving on, AFC South, another one, Tennessee, eight and three, Indianapolis, seven and four. Of course we saw them just play each other this weekend. Um, Preston, I hope you're listening because he I'm going to apologize to my listeners who heard all that talk about momentum last week um basically Preston said the Colts were going to win this game because they had the momentum coming off of that win against Green Bay and <laughs> I kind of just want to know what happened to their momentum where did it go what happened to it it was gone not there whatsoever in that game
0: Preston don't listen to her momentum is a real thing
1: <laughs> yeah in <and> science um, <laughs> um But let's just talk about who's going to win this division. So you have Tennessee, their strength of schedule, 25th, a little bit easier than the Colts. They play Green Bay and Cleveland. Um, The Colts have Pittsburgh and the Raiders. Who do you think is going to win?
0: Yeah, this is – I kind of want to, like, mix it up a little bit, but I just think Tennessee's the better team. And – who knows what happened to the Colts defense last week? But if that keeps up, then Houston might catch them.
1: Oh gosh, no.
0: <laughs> I know, that was kind of a joke, kind of, but I mean
1: No, it's cuz you have friends that are Houston fans. Houston's no, not going bad. Houston is not going to catch the Colts.
0: I know, I know. I'm I'm joking.
1: Um, but
0: Yeah, I'm rolling with Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I last week I said whoever wins the game from Sunday, so Tennessee and the Colts, whoever wins is going to win that division. Of course, it was Tennessee, um, and that makes sense. But Philip Rivers apologist, I'm taking the Colts. I think it's you know I the only reason I said that is because I thought the Colts were going to win, and then they didn't win. So really, what <laughs> I should have said is the Colts are going to win that division. So.
0: Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> I
1: <laughs> I like I'm taking it. the Colts. I like it. Because
0: Um, honestly, if the Colts won last week, I would probably be saying the same thing as you right now. But I just kind of live in the moment and saw that Tennessee just Derrick Henry was untackle, tackleable. Untackleable. Is that a word?
1: I don't know. Well,
0: it is now. Yeah,
1: it is now. It is interesting, though, because I did say last week that I was going to need something from Ryan Tannehill in order for Tennessee to win this game because I didn't think Derrick Henry was going to be able to do what Derrick Henry does. And Derrick Henry did it anyways.
0: Yeah, exactly. Plus, I mean, I really like Vrabel. I think the Titans kind of, as we saw last year, they beat the Ravens, which not many people thought would happen in the first round of the playoffs. They're prepared for situations like this where they have five to six games and almost has to, have to treat everyone like a must win. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop one or two, but I just feel, feel like they're set up to set up to be successful, starting with Rabel. I think Rabel's a really good coach.
1: Mm-hmm. I, the AFC South, I think all these divisions that I'm brought up right now are going to be very exciting to watch just because they're very close. But I'm specifically excited for the AFC South. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so
0: why why do you think uh, Indianapolis?
1: Well, Philip Rivers' comeback season. (laughs) Hey, he's been
0: solid. He has been solid.
1: And I think their defense is better. I think their defense is much better than what we saw them on Sunday. And in comparison... Their first game, they did not necessarily stop Derrick Henry, but they didn't allow him to run all over their defense like they did this past weekend. Like, I really have no idea what happened. I hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And I think Philip Rivers is better than Ryan Tanhill. Yes, I think so. I think that's true. I think, especially with the protection he has, I think he's better than Ryan Tanhill.
0: Yeah. He's, yeah. Derrick Henry is just a different animal, but.
1: Also, the Colts, I think, were affected by COVID as well and injury with Jonathan Taylor. He was unable to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll take the Colts. Let's move on. Final division. I want no bias whatsoever. (laughs) Who's going? I think it's funny because AFC East, AFC South, the NFC West, all like their one and twos are eight, three, eight and three, and then seven and four. And then we had the NFC East where it was like four and seven, three and seven, yeah. three and eight. Um, but the NFC West going into this season, probably one of the most competitive divisions. I think it stayed that way throughout, you know. Yeah, looking at how the worst team in the NFC West would be the best team in the NFC East. And I'm not sure you could say that for all other divisions. I'd have to look, but probably not. Mm. So there's that. But just took the first two. Seattle 8-3, the Rams 7-4. Of course, they play each other again, but the Rams also have to play Arizona twice. Yeah. Um, Whereas Seattle gets to play the Giants, Jets, and the Washington football team. So who do you think's winning this division?
0: Can I give you my one through four? Cause that's kind of where the hot take is.
1: Yeah, you can sure.
0: I got the Seahawks one, the Rams two, the Niners three, and the Cardinals four. Yeah. Niners are on the up. They're getting they're getting kinda healthy. I hate to see it as a Seahawk fan, but Debo played last week. Sherman had a pick last week. He played. Um I think Ayuk is healthy. Mostert was back. So I, I think the Niners sneak into the playoffs.
1: Um, sneak into the playoffs.
0: Well, they're not in right now.
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, maybe for some people that's a hot take. That's always been my four, though. And I don't think – well, at the beginning of the season it was not that. But then after like four weeks into the season, whenever I had Andy on the podcast, I think it was – we talked about this and that was my four and it kind of stayed that way throughout i
0: think i remember that
1: um so yes there is that i think i think the rams are a good football team they kind of remind me of the 49ers last season in the sense that they have a very good defense uh, they have a good coach a really good coach actually and then a quarterback, that's a liability. <laughs> so, yeah. and we saw the 49ers. They made the Super Bowl last year. So, I'm not quite sure where that leaves the Rams. Um, at this point, I, there's even potential that. Yeah, I mean, are you convinced that there's going to be two or three teams from the NFC West in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. I think me too and probably if it was expanded to 8 i would say like all four are going to be in the playoffs
0: <laughs> i agree well i mean the teams in the i think the cardinals are the 6 right now we were who are 6 and 5 and then it's like vikings
1: the cardinals are 7 tampa bay is 6
0: sorry that's what i meant the last playoff team 7 oh yeah and then it's like bears 5 and 6 vikings 5 and 6 and niners 5 and 6
1: yeah and it's
0: like I feel like the Niners are better than those teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're getting some players back. Granted, they still have some players that are out, out, out. That we still yeah
0: done for the year though. Yeah, I think they're probably about as healthy as they're going to get all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Jimmy G's coming back, but I'm starting to. If I was a Niner fan, which I will never be, so maybe I should shut up. But I kind of think Nick Mullins might be better.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other thing and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is just the head coaching of, you know, the Rams and the 49ers, I think is really great. Um, I love watching those teams and it's really hard as a Seahawks fan, but I really enjoy watching those teams simply because of the coaches. Right. And with the 49ers, especially like Kyle Shanahan is just, I love he's
0: him. got McVay. He's got McVeigh's number. Yeah. I feel like he, I feel like they beat him almost every time they play.
1: <laughs> Maybe, but then does that mean McVay has Pete's number?
0: <laughs> McVay, McVay does have Pete's number.
1: <laughs> he absolutely does. So, ultimately I think where that leaves us is I think Seattle beats the Giants, the Jets, Washington, and then that'll lead them to 11 and 3. And then we have the Rams and the 49ers. And I think we'll go one and one in those games. Then we have the Rams. They play Arizona, New England, the Jets, Seattle, Arizona. I think they'll go hmm, four and one in those games.
0: So can I ask you a question real quick?
1: hmm
0: What if um, the one seed is out of the question for the Seahawks or the NFC West winner? Like the Saints end up beating the Chiefs and we're still a game behind. Would you rather have the wild card and play the NFC East winner? No. Rather than – So you would rather have, like, the two seed and play Cardinals or Tampa Bay in the first round?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think I understood that question. I would much rather be the one seed.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, my question is if the one seed is out of the question. Like, we, we can't get the oh, one seed. would
1: you rather be the two or the three?
0: Yeah, like, because we – Oh, I guess it's week 16, so we wouldn't know for sure. But week 16, we play the Rams, and I'm I'm thinking if the one seeds already decided that week, then would we lose that game to the Rams so they can win the NFC West and we can play the
1: no.
0: Washington team? No. Or whoever?
1: No, 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 no.
0: I mean, of course they're not going to do that. I'm just saying that as a fan, it might make more sense.
1: Yeah. See, like, my thing as a fan is... I'm never going to want my team to lose, even if it makes the playoff picture a little easier. <laughs> Respect. So, no, I think the Seahawks' plan and goal should be to try to win out. And at this point, I think it's going to be very competitive between Seattle, the Saints, and or Seattle or the Rams, Green Bay and the Saints for that one seed. Uh, Yeah, that New Orleans game after week 15, going to be very telling of who the one seed's going to be. Because so.
0: they played the Chiefs that week?
1: hmm
0: Yeah. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Seahawks have the tiebreaker for whatever reason. At least earlier in the year they did, because for like two weeks I remember the Seahawks were the one seed. When the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks all had the same record. That might change by now, but I know for some reason we have tiebreaker over the Packers because we have the same record right now.
1: Yeah, I don't – I don't know, actually. It would, I'd have to look at the numbers. I'm not going to do that right now. But
0: Okay, yeah, no worries. I
1: I don't know. I don't – I feel like we wouldn't have it over the Saints. Well, it would come down to games within the division. I'm pretty sure it's the next tiebreaker. And I think the Saints have won more games within their division because their only two games have – two losses have been to the Raiders and Green Bay. Yeah. And the Seahawks have lost to both the 49ers. Actually – No. They didn't lose to the 49ers? The Rams and Cardinals, no. And Cardinals. We've only played – yeah, we've
0: only played the Niners once.
1: So, yeah, I think the Saints would have that. But I just – I'd have to double-check that that's the second tiebreaker. I don't remember. Yeah. So regardless,
0: we're, we're right there in the mix and I don't think we're slowing down. I think we're getting better. Hopefully Carlos Dunlap's healthy. healthy.
1: Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, I think at the same time though, the Rams, I think they could beat the Seahawks. And I also think the 49ers could beat the Seahawks in that last game. Um, so
0: yeah, going three and zero in these next three is pretty important.
1: It's kind of crucial. But of course, we know that football, there's a lot of randomness and it's not a given that they'll win these next three. So there's that, your little negativity for the day from a Seahawks fan. But usually I end with a fun question and we just don't have time to do that this week because we already ran way over. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, of course, going into this next week. Enjoy the NFL action. I'm kind of sad we didn't get to talk about some of the games that are happening this week, but it is what it is. And I look forward to next week's episode.
0: It was a pleasure.
1: Thanks.